Welcome back to Draft Chat. I'm Trevor. And I'm Josh. And we are here for episode two. Uh, We're going to talk here in a few moments with Tyler James. Uh, We've had him on before. Uh, Glad to have him back. Uh, Last time it was NBA themed. This will obviously be completely centered around draft and some of his thoughts. Uh, Before we bring him on, Josh, uh, you looking forward to this episode? You looking forward to talking draft again? Um, no, I'm still in an NBA playoff mindset. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> I don't want to act like I'm not excited to talk about draft, but I'm excited for the prospects. Hornets have two top 15 picks, so I have more reason to be invested. But yeah, still a playoff mindset right now. That's all right. Once that lottery happens here in the next month, we'll be ready. Uh, but without further ado, we'll go ahead and roll right in. Uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, Tyler James, NBA. How are you doing, my friend? Good. Thank you for having me back. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, we'll go over really quick the agenda, and then we'll give him, for those that are new, uh, a couple of seconds, and then we do it at the end as well uh, for a shameless plug. Uh, we're going to go over today who his favorite prospect is. We'll also tell him who ours is. It's been a couple of minutes deep diving those guys. Uh, we'll play high or low again. Uh, Josh will try his best to describe the game better than I did, uh, but it'll make sense, we promise. Uh, and then lastly, the Celtics have a second-round pick in this year's draft. Tyler being the resident Celtics fan of this show coming on, uh, he'll be able to give his thoughts on what the Celtics should do on draft night, uh, as well as they're up to no, nothing on the Nets. We'll, we'll probably talk about that for a few minutes uh, as we're recording this on Thursday, April 21st. So without further ado, my friend, let us uh, let people know where they can find you, what, who you do, who you are, what you do. Yeah, sure. So I uh, just uh, heavy, NBA, heavy NBA coverage, some, some focus on the Celtics, but definitely all NBA. Uh, with a heavy focus on the NBA draft. Um, I, like I said before, I'm definitely in playoff mode as well, NBA playoff mode. So I've taken kind of a break off the draft a couple of weeks, but with that said, I've, I've kept track of it all year, so it should be good to go. But uh, I'm really into these playoffs right now, which I think have been the best so far in a while. Uh, but yeah, at Tyler James NBA, on pretty much anything social. You can find me on all, all the social, uh, Celticsdeathsocial.coms. There's some, uh, apparel and some other things and i'm doing an all-nba site i'll be launching soon as well so yeah awesome some exciting stuff coming around the corner um let's go ahead and very uh swiftly let's talk about favorite prospect now we did for the listeners we did get told who it was ahead of time just so we were prepared obviously we'll be a little more reactionary based here when we play high or low in just a moment but uh, without further ado who is your favorite prospect this year and then obviously let's roll into why yeah, so at first I was going to just go with an obvious one, you know, somebody in the top five or one of the top tier prospects like a, like Apollo or a, a Chet or a Jabari, but I kind of wanted to dive a little bit deeper in somebody I really like, who admittedly um, he wasn't on my radar until this Rising Stars game, which I loved how they incorporated G League guys in the Rising Star game because it, even though – somebody like Jaden Hardy didn't really show up. This guy, Dyson Daniels, um, I really liked what he did. He didn't make a huge impact. Um, he's kind of a do-it-all player, two-way player. And, um, yeah, he's – I'll get into him a little bit more, but Dyson Daniels is my guy, I think. Josh, uh, I know we have been very uh, adamant about pushing the G League conversation back as far as humanly possible. Um, it was inevitable. It was due. I'm kind of glad he did this. So any thoughts on Dyson Daniels before we keep going? So it's hard for me. That was very high last year on um, Jalen Green, especially in Jonathan Kamingo coming in to the NBA draft. And just what I've seen from them this year, not that they've been bad, but I do not think they've necessarily like been worth top six picks that they became in the NBA draft. And I know that that has no bearing on Dyson Daniels, but it's made me very hesitant about um 
players coming through the G League Ignite program and how NBA ready they are. Yeah, sure. And I, you know, that's a fair point. And I think the, the, the comeback to that point would be, I don't think he's going to go top six. So it would be a little bit less of a risk. Uh, Obviously Jalen green went what number two or three. I can't remember now. Yeah. And uh, that's a high risk, high risk pick, even though he had some flashes of being maybe a potential lead scorer in the NBA. But with that said, I definitely get what you guys are saying. There's no one that blows you away on the ignite this year. Jaden Hardy was that top prospect early on and he was like top five for a lot of people and he just fell off. Uh, he, he looked, uh, he didn't look very great. So the reason I like Dyson Daniels is because if he's in that 10 to 14 range, which I think when he starts working out for teams, he's going to get in that range, maybe higher. It's a less of a risk. Although you're right. If you're spending a lottery pick, you want to be a little bit more sure. Yeah. He's in that weird place right now where, and, and I'm not sick of the Josh Giddy comparisons yet. Um, right. I will be eventually. I'm not saying player comparisons, just the fact that it's a really good passing Australian who can't shoot, who ends up in the top <laughs> six. Obviously, a very weird comparison yeah. there. Um, yeah. My my two biggest concerns with him, and, and obviously this is not a knock. I'm going to go through positives and negatives, and we'll discuss them. But uh, I love his comparisons uh, from Kevin O'Connor, who does a really good job, whether he's right or wrong in the last 15 years or so of doing these draft boards uh, from the ringer. He at least gets the shades of part right. I know a lot yeah. of the shades of in player comps. He currently has a Derek White, Kyle Anderson, and Evan Turner uh, comparison. On, I really do like all three of those. Um, the problem is all three of those are nowhere near top 50 players in the league at, at any given time. Maybe Evan Turner in those two or three years. But the other thing that concerns me is the 25% shooting on from three on 51 attempts. Obviously, that's not his bread and butter. He's a passer. He's a really good passer. But... Every single G League guy has shown some kind of major weakness. His glaringly is his shot making consistently. Um, but at that point, like you said, if you take him from 10 to 14, you're not expecting him to come in and hit hit shots consistently. You're expecting him to develop and take his time. So um, on the flip side, though, he's one of the, he's probably the best pure passer in this entire class. And that sounds insane, but he very well might be. Yeah, not a very guard-heavy class. Probably that could be part of it. Um, obviously, you know, we, we, it's true. a kind of a big guy for draft. And, and you're right. And, I, and when you guys told me to pick that guy, I, honestly, I don't think he's going to be one of the top five in this draft. I just think he's going to be – I would consider him a sleeper right now, even though he's getting that 10 to 14 range potential yeah. in a lot of mock drafts. I still consider him kind of a sleeper. That's the thing that I'm struggling with, and I haven't done a deep dive of a lot of guys outside of the top – maybe 10 or 15 yet, and that's my next project here in the next month or so, is I really want to know why he's kind of just been the one G League guy to just completely propel himself. Like, it, maybe it's the workouts that I'm not seeing. Maybe it's communication with the scouts. Maybe it's something that people were just taking more deep dives on, the scouts were, and some of the personnel, and they're seeing it. But I'm trying to figure it out, uh, at least on a deeper level. I mean, then again, though, you like you mentioned, he may not end up being – he's a sleeper guy that could be end up really good. That's what Giddy was last year. That's why I'm not sick of that comparison yet because it really could be right. We could see this again, but Giddy was so much more talented. I, I think that's what the difference for me was. Giddy was so talented across the board. So, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm like – I need like a really good elevator pitch from somebody on Daniels. I need it from any of them. And I have Hardy, to be clear for, with people, my big board, I have Hardy at 12. Still, Oof, he's yeah. probably going to be. He's probably going to stay at twelve to eighteen for me. Um, I mean, pre-tournament, I had him at twelve, and, and and after all these changes, a lot of guys are coming down. He may be of the benefit, and him and Daniels both might end up in that ten to fourteen range for me right now. 
because I am really high on Jaden Hardy. So, he, oh, you are okay. Well, yeah. I mean, he's definitely got the scoring potential, and that's what he's kind of known for. And, and that's never going to be something an NBA team doesn't need. I guess the easiest thing on Daniels, and this is kind of an, an intangible. I just think he kind of plays like a winner. Uh, I know I didn't see him much in the Rising Stars game, but I could tell the coaches were kind of gravitating on, towards him. And there was a couple. I don't know if it was Barry. I know Barry was his coach in the Rising Star, but I don't know if it was Barry or some another coach that came up to him after the game, and you could tell it was just really like saying, "Hey, you really did well." And he was he was one of the more noticeable players in the Rising Stars game, and his team won the championship. So I just think uh, in the NBA, if I'm not going to look for pure talent, I like guys that who show potential to work hard and, and improve their game. And I think he's going to improve that shot. He did shoot from the NBA three point line. I know that's not a huge difference, but hopefully that can be taken into consideration a little bit. And from what I've seen, the shooting stroke doesn't look very bad. Uh, it doesn't look it's broken. It doesn't look like a, you know, somebody who, who, who couldn't put in that work and maybe improve. And he's going to play. And as you know, to bring the Celtics in this little bit, the way they're playing defense right now, I used to trust me. I hated drafting guys that couldn't shoot when, when Danny age thought about Josh Jackson a couple years ago, I said, please, 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 please don't do that. Like, I'm so glad he didn't work out for us. Cause I thought he was going to go for that pick. And even Jalen Brown, I had some hesitant. I was hesitant a little bit out cause he didn't shoot either, but obviously he, he changed his game. I just think um, defense is starting to really show up in the NBA and maybe it's just the Celtics in the way they're defending Durant right now, but I think he can play one through three as far as defending the ball maybe the four because he's six, six and he's just going to be a decent two-way player and a play, a playmaker and a really solid, I don't think he's going to be a role player. I think he's going to be above that, but I see him as somebody who can work and get better at that shooting and at things he's not as good at. I mean, I agree. It sounds like there is a lot of upside for Daniels. I think that probably the teams that should look at him, in my opinion, the most, maybe a little bit outside that lottery or somebody who has a little bit of patience and time to work on a guy that also needs a guard in that role. So I think it's going to be a very team specific spot. Yeah, I, I agree. And somebody like uh, a couple mocks I see late at like 13 Houston pair him with Jalen green and just get another guard that can get him the ball or just somebody who he can get the ball to. And um, I know you guys said, go over some strengths and weaknesses. And I did mostly strengths so far. Weaknesses is definitely the shot. Um, you know, I, I think that's the main one, but um, a couple other things, you know, I don't think he's very explosive that kind of, you don't have to be in the NBA. I mean, it's it's a nice little bonus, but if you're smart and know how to play, you can you can overcome that. But I don't think he's very explosive, and sometimes he's a little too unselfish. I like to see him put the ball in the hoop a little bit more and take a shot a little bit. But those are probably the two negatives I have besides the shooting, which is probably the glaring weakness. So the only thing I want to touch on for a second that I think is important to note is I don't necessarily think he needs that developmental team that needs to take care of him and take his time. I'm not sure I like think that matters for him. The reason I say that is because I, I do want to have this conversation between the three of us because how many teams are there like that? Because I have to give credit to the No Ceilings guys on Twitter. Shout out to No Ceilings. They had this conversation on their podcast the other day about, and they went through all 30 teams, how many GMs right now with a comfortable position can say, I'm taking a project guy in the 14 area, like the 10 to 14, and be like, I'm okay with my job and I know I'm not going to lose it. There's probably five. Yeah. Rusty being one of them and Houston being another and then well, a handful. And I don't, think I don't mean – yeah, I'm actually looking – was meaning something else. I didn't mean like your like teams that are not trying to win now that have time to take on guys. I meant like a team that already has an established guard um, that isn't looking for too much out of Dyson Daniels right away. 
And maybe you're right, yeah, and there aren't a lot of teams like that that would take him. But I'm thinking of, like, a team that isn't, like, drafting him because we need you to go do this right now. What's a good example in the late lottery? Would that be, like, in Atlanta? I mean, Atlanta's Yeah, Atlanta wouldn't be a bad – I mean, they're going to be – they like they After like the Cooper lottery. a lot, but I know, and that's the issue with Dyson is I think Atlanta's going to be post lottery. Uh, Cleveland maybe, Cleveland's who's pretty one. set with Darius Garland, um, could take some time to develop a Dyson Daniels. I think Washington's a good idea too, and they don't have a guard that they can develop right now, at least point guard. Yeah, they don't at all. <laughs> they don't have a point guard that I care for. Like there's a lo- there's a few too many question marks for me right now with Washington to try to think about where they're going to go. But... Yeah, they're going to be a fun conversation in the next what, 20-something days when the lottery happens. Once we see where they are and cement them, they're going to be a lot of really big, uh, good conversations around the draft. I think so. Maybe the Nets might be a good conversation, too. I mean, are they going to are they going to keep Kyrie and Katie together if it all goes south and they get swept or a five-game? Like, I don't know if that really affects their draft stock very well, but they're probably going to get a, a, a mid-to-late pick. But yeah, uh, that's, I, why be took, that's why they took Cam Thomas last year. They yeah, thought he'd exactly. come in immediately and – play and they're willing to take time and now that he's not playing in the playoffs they let him play in the regular season when they need him to win games and he's kind of a good example of you can play him in at game 30 through 60 but once you know push comes to shove you're playing like we saw with that series we'll talk about at the end here we saw they they're gonna play six seven guys i think that's a good example i'm probably forgetting one i mean we're i think cleveland's a good one even though they're set with garland i think washington's the weird one there Anything else on Daniels from either of you guys? I know he's very intriguing. The G League as a whole, he's kind of like the only guy right now. I see this weird scenario where Hardy has a really good workout with some teams, and he maybe goes in that 12-14 still because of the potential. But I think Dyson's the safe bet, too, if you had to pick one of the G League guys to go in the lottery. Because of just the consensus, he's probably going to be the guy. So I think, yeah, on him? I think Dyson's gonna. I, I, and this is something a lot of people don't talk about much, but I think Dyson Daniels is gonna is gonna blow it away with interview, blow it, blow people away with his interview skills. Um, I think he's gonna earn a lot of fans that way. Uh, I just think he's. I don't know. I don't know him that well, but I, I think he has got a good head and a shoulder. Doesn't seem like he has some basketball IQ. Yeah, he's, so he's I, I honestly think that he's gonna blow some people away, and a couple teams are gonna fall in love with him. Like you said, like with Giddy, I no way he's gonna go six. Well, I'm not gonna say that. I mean. It all depends. That shooting's definitely going to kill him a little bit, but I think he's going to definitely blow some people away with that interview process and the workouts. All right, Josh, anything else, or do you want to go ahead and let us uh, let, be the first one to reveal your favorite player to, to Tyler? I'm, there's not a lot to talk about with who my favorite player is. I'm very <laughs> generic. I get it out of the way. I love Chet Holmgren, and I'm going to love Chet Holmgren as a prospect. I'm not going to – I mean, I wish I was more interesting like with what Tyler brought, but That's great. I'm not. Um, I'm, I'm interested enough. to hear the, yeah, the chat, like, uh, so he, you're locked in at number one for him. Yeah. If I'm one of the teams taking it one, my kind of philosophy with them is you take the best talent you can get your hands on at one. And mm-hmm. I think with home run, I mean, you've got a seven foot one shot blocker, catches lobs, shoots threes better than a lot of the guys in college did last year. He's the best three point shooter Gonzaga had, which is outrageous. He can handle the ball. Like he's a small forward and, Everyone's concerned about his size. I think get to a with a professional team's nutritionist and weight training program. I think he's gonna be fine. Yeah, does he have that build? Like you know, KD doesn't want to put on weight because he's a shooter. Yeah. But does 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 Holmgren have that build to where he could add that weight? I mean, I think he's got that Zach Collins build that came out of Gonzaga that shot him so high up the draft board. Yeah, he's now obviously that's where I'm stopping the Zach Collins comparisons because <laughs> he's way more talented. Oh, God, Zach yeah. Collins ever was, but I think Zach Collins 
got himself to a pretty good size. I love okay. how you. I love how you just built up Zach Collins and then tore him down in the same sentence. I just think that's hilarious. Well, Zach Collins isn't shooting threes and dribbling from the outside. Yeah, no. Cutting in the paint. His playmaking ability is three thousand times less what Holmgren's potential is. Any other thoughts? I guess uh, Tyler on Holmgren. I know obviously he's kind of the most intriguing of the three, probably. But uh, anything that you love or don't like about him before we go over my favorite player and then we move on. Yeah, I mean, I love obviously the size and I love the defense. And I think obviously he's not like Mobley, but uh, I think Mobley will help his stock a little bit. That tall, skinny guy who can really defend the ball. Mobley's mm-hmm. a little bit better for a post player. Uh, Holmgren's a better shooter, in my opinion. So I think that'll help his stock because Mobley, he, two teams passed on him last year. And um, I bet those two, even though Cade, you know, was looking great, uh, even in, you know, that draft class was just loaded. Uh, I think a lot of people, if it was remock, Mobley would maybe get that number one spot, maybe number two. Uh, a lot of Kate, Kevin Garnett shades to him. But, yeah, I think that'll help us talk a little bit. Uh, it's tough. I think those that those top three, Mobley, Paulo, and Jabari, I actually think it's one of those years where it might be not best player available, but a little bit more of a team need. So if, like, Orlando mm-hmm. gets the pick, Maybe if Houston, if Houston gets a pick, it's going to depend who gets that top pick. And for once, they may go for a little bit team need because that's a couple teams that have certain areas already. So it'll be interesting to see. Can you imagine a Shangoon and Chet Holmgren front court? Oh, man. Uh, that see one. it. I'll touch that. I'll touch on that. I'll, I'll keep stirring on that thought for a while. I've had that thought for a minute. Uh, I'll hold that for a couple more episodes from now. But uh, so, Tyler, I'm going to preface this before I say anything else. Josh knows what I'm about to say already, so that's why I'm prefacing this to you. (laughs) Every year, I've been doing draft comps for the last five years, and every year I have one guy where I go, no matter what happens to him, until he, Anthony Bennett's his way out of the league, I will like him come kingdom come, right? My guy this year (laughs) is drawing comparisons for me, and I'm pulling up my board to make sure I have all the stuff right. Um, His floor is Robert Williams, and and his ceiling is Kevin Garnett. Ooh. So, um, to be clear, he is not going to the Celtics at 54. <laughs> Get that out of the way. This guy will not fall past. If it's up to me, if I'm a GM of one of the top 14 teams. He's I'm not falling past 13. So he's not falling past 13. Yeah, he'll, he'll more than likely be a Charlotte Hornet, but my guy is Mark Williams. I think Mark Williams has the biggest potential to be a generational shot blocker and defender. Uh, and I'm completely bullish on that. Like the fact that his floor is Robert Williams, I would have said that before this year, obviously. And. He ended up finishing in the top three in Defensive Player of the Year, which is insane. He had a great year, um, but I think his floor could actually be even higher. And that's not a that's not a knock on Robert Williams. That's just a that's just a really big gap between Robert Williams and Kevin Garnett. It's a huge gap. You know, I had to create a floor and a ceiling gap. I had to make. It <laughs> I was gonna clear. say, I um, like it, but I can't really like... start with a floor of like you know Garnett. There's really no way to go up from there. So I had to be like, cool, floor is Robert Williams. Um, but Mark <laughs> Williams, I think, is is the best. I think he's the best pure defender and shot blocker in this from the big perspective in this draft. And I, and I will die on that hill. So yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Uh, obviously I like the Celtics comparisons and, and, and Robert Williams. I always wonder if players that have good seasons help the next year, year's draft class. Like obviously Rob mm-hmm. Williams, you know what I mean? He was top, t- top candidate for one of the top candidates for Houston's player of the year, Marcus Smart, one and uh, before he got hurt. And then, you know, the year Bam Adebayo had that run with the bubble. Um, we saw uh, Okongwu, uh, uh, Jaden Ivey, because John Morant's so amazing, even though I don't, there's a, a lot of differences between those two. Jaden Ivey's the top guard by far, and some people even have him in the top two right now. So I wonder if that Rob Williams comparison is helping Mark Williams a little bit. Obviously, the run to the Final Four didn't hurt. 
he uh, he was on a team where there's a lot of Duke players. There was like always there's five guys that's probably going to the <laughs> NBA. So he's a little hidden, but he did his job. And um, I'm a, I hate Duke, so I'm not going to really agree with you that that much. But I don't disagree, I guess. <laughs> he's good, man. Um, all right, let's. Uh, we I feel conflicted about it because I mean I do I think he's pretty good. It's just that like after you said it with the most likely becoming a Hornet and looking at the board where there aren't a lot of big men kind of around that area. It just feels like Charlotte picking at probably 13 and 15. One of those is probably Mark Williams. The thing that I'm having anger issues with, and I'll just say it like that because that's what it is, is there are a lot of people even after the tournament that have Walker Kessler above Mark Williams, and I just think they need to open their eyes. Like Mark Williams is the second best big in this draft. Yeah, it, it's second best. I think Jalen Duran still has that much of the he'll be drafted a high. I, I can't be that guy that puts I and I'm look, I'm I'm keeping Chad as the as the exception to the rule because when I say he's a, yeah, as I say you're not not calling him a big, right? I am <laughs> but it, you know what I mean. He's I'm excluding him from this conversation because okay. it's it's Duran in terms of true quote center, it's Duran for me and Williams, and I can't be the guy that put Duran at five, like or uh, put Williams at five over Duran. Like that would be I naive. Even though I do think Mark Williams can do that level of play, it's just tough. So, I guess uh, just to end one point on this, like where do you value a guy like so let's say let's say Williams is Robert Williams like and, and where would Robert Williams be drafted if you knew that's who you're getting right now like where would he be drafted in this draft um the center the what he does the intangibles he brings he doesn't he's never going to be a shooter he barely isn't more than a couple of feet from the basket but the lob threat the defense the anchor he is so it's what, what the team values. I mean, obviously, when you're top five, top six, top seven pick, you want that star power. But in today's NBA, I think that defense is getting valued a little bit more. So I, I'm just curious, like, if we knew for a fact uh, Mark Williams would be Rob Williams or, so or better, where I would he go? I get what you're I'd saying. Take him no. as high as eight. That's okay. what I was going to say, too. Eight okay. is where I have So that's him fair, in. I think. Because he's not going to be your probably top two player on your team. But he's mm-hmm. going to be a great third one, you know. Well, so, yeah. Well, it's like that one through seven. Everyone is swinging for the fences. We need exactly. To After that, you can kind of drop. pick like, I need this piece to be fantastic and the best at what he does. That. Yeah. So I'm going to zig a little bit when since I'm going to zag instead of zig for a second. What I mean by <laughs> that is is every we all agree that eight's a good number for him because I think and you you worded it right with the defender piece, but I think people need to understand that if you're outside of the top eight. Like your t- teams are even in the top eight. You're not just looking for a star. Like the, there's only truly two or three stars a draft. You can look at the Hall of Fame, uh, you know, numbers for per draft. And I got to find the article from Basketball Reference. It's really really good. It shows you the percentage of Hall of Famers per you know ten years for a draft. And essentially, you're looking for what I would call a contributor, right? That guy that isn't a star, but from like six this year to like fifteen, you're gonna have a lot of guys where you're like Keegan Murray's not gonna be a star, but he's gonna be a really good contributor. Mark Williams is not going to be a star, but he is going to be a really good contributor. I think contributor is a really important word because I think a lot of people are like, I'm looking for this specific thing. Well, there's a lot of guys that can do a lot of really good things this year outside of the top six. And I think that's where you have to really think when a guy like Mark Williams, I can actually answer that question better in about a month when we know the draft lottery, because if a mid-tier playoff team or play-in team like the Hornets, obviously having 13 and 15, or say there's a team in front of the Hornets at like eight or nine, they could they could definitely draft Mark Williams at eight or nine, and I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. And like a guy like Oscar Shubbe, I, I don't know if I pronounced that right, but one of the best rebounders in the draft, probably the best rebounder. Like, where do you pick him? Just do you, do you go for that skill set of rebounding? You know, well, so that just, night, that you don't. <laughs> he actually yeah, you don't now. Going back, yeah, he's, he's going, going to yeah. Kentucky. 
Okay, is, yeah. So he's still on this draft board, and I thought I heard that. I was that, that was a curious pick for me, but yeah, I definitely agree. It, it's it's going to be a little bit of team needs around that pick, and but uh, if you know you're getting somebody like Rob Williams, I think uh, I think you take it, mm-hmm. take that chance. Was, to be clear, Robert Williams, I think was like the fifteenth pick. For, yeah, I think fourteen. People saw the potential, fourteen or fifteen somewhere. And he's only six nine, so I mean, I think it's my Mark Williams seven footer, right? So six eleven and a half, I think. Yep. Yeah. Um, so he's he's got a little bit more size to him. All right, Josh, luckily for this, because we went a lot longer on favorite players than I thought we would, um, but high or low is a, is a rapid-fire game. So this is a, a reactionary game. Josh is going to explain it a little better than I did last week. Um, but we're going to give you eight players, and you just need to let us know whether you're high or low on them. Josh, explain it, please, better than I did. Yeah, that's basically it. There's a, this is a very eclectic group of players. Some are first-round talents, some are second-round talents. Some may be talents you haven't heard of. Hopefully not, but... We're just kind of going to get like a rapid fire reaction where you are on these guys and just going high or low and maybe a couple words to explain what you think. Makes Sounds sense. good. Right. Oh, yeah. Dude, right. I, I just got to correct something. I was thinking 14 range for the Celtics. That was Naismith and Langford. Williams is actually 27. I didn't, I wow. totally had a break part. Yeah. But we all, we all thought he was 15. That's weird. Yeah. It's because the Celtics were in that range for, the Celtics were in that range for like three straight years. So that's true. That's probably why. But oh, go ahead. All right. Let's roll. All right. So we'll start Johnny Davis. Um, I'm going Johnny Davis low. I think I think that's I'd, where a lot of people are ending up. Yeah, I, I, I'd rather have a better sh- uh, shot for him. A 6'5", you know, back to the basket guy. It's not really back to the basket, but you know what I mean. A guy that doesn't really do anything. But, no, it's a great point. A guy that doesn't really do anything other than shoot. So it's kind of, yeah. kind of hard to take that guy at six, like your time out when you get that star player. Ty Ty Washington. Uh. Hi, hi, I'll be the same thing. Hi, I like him. I think uh, not a great shot. Develop a mid-range game. Gets you know doesn't get to the basket clearly really enough. But um, he had that 17-19 assist game um, and went in doubt draft Kentucky. If you ask me, so <laughs> I'm also high like just that. because like I'm always gonna look at a guy who's pass first and is very good at it. I'm gonna yes, yep, and he's direction. coming from Kentucky. Josh, to be right, we both had him in our top. Yeah, you had him at eight. Wow. So I can yeah, see Knicks. A lot of people. Yep. I can see I, Knicks. Somebody, maybe that Knicks saying. range. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pre tournament, Josh and I, I had him at six. Josh had him at eight. So we weren't far off on him. I think we're more consensusly higher on him. I think the tournament, a lot of people just really went like super out on him mm-hmm. or down or whatever word you want to say. He's just so versatile. Like, I just can't not think that he he's going to go in the top 14, but he's probably going to be one of the biggest falls this year in terms of teams that are going to pass on him. Yeah, I think he will. And, and just to catch on that, when in doubt, draft Kentucky, or when in doubt, or never bet on Kentucky in the tournament. That's the complete opposite things for me. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I blame Coach Calipari and I. So. Oh, okay. There we go. Uh, Paolo Boncara. <laughs> Hi, up. He, he's he's – He's been up there for my number one pick for me. Um, if it got into my head tonight, if I had to make a pick, it'd be him or Chet, I think, with, with Jabari looking looking pretty close to that. But I'm pretty high on, on Apollo. I, I think he has elite scoring ability. He's got that NBA body, and um, I, can, I see a lot of potential in him. <laughs> Josh, I just have to do this. My floor for him is Juwan Howard. I just want to be completely on record. I've heard that. I've heard it's, that. It's like, good Juwan long. Howard. Okay, but not, not like, like really good Jawan Howard. Like no, I'm talking like I'm talking about like you know year 14 in Miami, Jawan Howard. Like, <laughs> I think he can be really uh, bad. However, uh, okay. I do think he can be very good too. Like I think he's really sold himself to me this year. 
and it's just been one of those. I'm glad. I know you were one of the guys I talked to a few months back about him, and I was like, I just need to see enough this year that's going to make me really – my top three is going to change about 17 <coughs> times between now and June 23rd. So, um, But, yeah, right now I have him at three, and it's, it's, it's close. It's so close. It's unbelievable. I'm back high on Paolo again. I was worried about him at the end of the regular season, but the NCAA tournament um, yeah. kind of shifted me back on him. Because he had a, he really had an incredible tournament. Yeah, I think he shows that that potential of just taking over and he can score when they need him to. Duke had a lot of options, and I don't even know if they fully used him to his best potential. So we'll see. Josh, this next guy uh, is going to be on every single high low for the rest of draft chat until the tournament or until the draft lottery uh, and draft concludes. So go right ahead with this next one that I'm super excited to hear about. Keegan Murray. Ooh, that's a tough one for me. Um, I didn't think he had that great of a – obviously, the last couple uh, – well, I mean, I, I, was he hurt a little bit in the tournament, if I remember correctly? Uh, the last game, I, I can't so. remember. But, okay, I yeah, remember. so – I don't know. I, I'm, I'm If I have to pick, I'm in the middle with him, but I'm going to go low. Uh, I just I, – I, he doesn't blow me away as much as he blows away other people. Uh, he had a great season, though, so it's kind of t- – that's a tough one for me. It is tough. That's why we're asking every single person that comes on this show. <laughs> Yeah, with me, it's like everyone that I hear from talks about how great Keegan Murray is, at least in the analysis that I read. But yet, like, I watch him play, and I'm like, I just don't see it. Yeah, like, is he going to be that Scotty Barnes kind of player? Like, where somebody's going to fall in love with him? I I don't know. I don't see it either. I think he's another uh, victim of the fall. Um, I think Portland's a really good landing spot, but I also think he also could be the – I think I made this comparison last week, Josh, um, the Adam Morrison, where he's just a really good college player that we all get really excited about, and then he just doesn't turn out to be anything. I mean, like, Morrison so, got hurt, like, tore, like, two ACLs true. in his first three years. But. but but I'm just using him as the example of, like, a really good college guy. And Keegan Murray was a really good college guy. So, yeah, um, good. I'm glad you, I guess, ended up right in the same place that we both did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and that's a tough one because I thought we were going to talk about him, too. And I was like, where, am I, where do I land? But I, if I have to pick, I got to go up. Another Duke guy, AJ Griffin. That's you see, I, I'm going high because I think he's trending up, and okay. I, I, I see, I see a lot of. I mean, I, maybe I, these comparisons can get really lazy, but I do see that Jimmy Butler body, like you know, uh, and, and he, he developed a shot, better shot than Jimmy Butler had in college, obviously. So um, I think he looked pretty well, pretty good, and he's freakishly athletic for you, huge NBA size. So uh, I see a lot of Jimmy Butler in him with a little bit of an improved shot. Definitely lower on him now after watching him get uh, locked down by Leaky Black over and over again. But that's just—I mean, Leaky's a decent defender, but yes, I, yeah. I, but I, is like, I guess my thought, and I love Leaky, and I'd love the answer to be yes. But is Leaky Black an NBA defender? Um, I don't think he's going to be able to be an NBA defender because he does not going to be able to do anything on offense. I don't think he's going to be able to yeah. win that roster spot. I bet he's going to be like a summer league guy, though. Maybe I, I can oh, see him on sure. a summer league roster. Yeah. And, you know, but can he defend in the NBA or is he going to be an NBA defender? It's two different things. I think he could, but I don't think he's going to be because I just don't think he offers enough uh, other things. He reminds me of Tony Allen, like a lot. <laughs> like wait tony developed that you know tony developed that get, got to the hoop and was yeah. a decent dunker and things like that like leaky was he hit some threes he's an andre rover that you're using there you go <laughs> there that's you another go. good one yeah that's, that's a good one. one yeah all right josh can i ask this next one yep. sure. caleb love uh, <laughs> while well, we can uh, still ask the question <laughs> i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say low on caleb love i mean come on now that that run they just made that's that's where you 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 jack up your draft stock and that's exactly what he did. Whether, I don't know what he's, what he decided. 
Has he decided, decided yet? yet. Yeah. I decided, yeah. So, and I got to keep an eye on that. But I hope he comes back. I just don't see how you do when you have that good of a run and you, that might your stock might be as high as possible. That's what I love about the Tar Heels players, though. They usually a lot of them are multi-year players. But I'm, I'm high on Caleb Love. I thought he showed a lot of you know getting to the basket as well and, and showed a lot of composure. All right, I'm going to ask you both this, and Josh doesn't know I'm about to ask this. This is actually completely off the rip. Right now, the term first-round talent gets thrown around a lot, and I think Caleb Love can be and had the hype to be and could be, however word you want to put it. Um, but right now, knowing what we know now prior to any workout, is he a first-round talent? His ceiling is. No, is he – like if the draft is today. Yeah, is I say no. Drafted? That's mm, yeah. He's he's fringe. He's he's like right out the end. He's like right there. He's, he's so close. And I think if the it, draft is so, today, yeah. It, so I guess not. But I I would not be surprised. I mean, and obviously it, his workouts are going to determine everything. Um, but oh, man, I, I'll go. Yeah, I'll, I'll give him who's who would be thirty right now. Who'd be the thirtieth pick right now? I don't even know. I'll give him the thirtieth pick or thirty. Or I mean, I mean that wouldn't be a great fit. But yeah, it's like yeah. So I'll, I'll go. Yeah, I'll go end the first round. Josh knows. If he, okay, so now let me say this. If he enters a draft and a first round, uh, I think he's because I think he's gonna, he'll have a little hint of where he's going to go. And that means that's a yes. Yeah, somebody will make a, a open ended promise. And, and Possibly, yeah. That weird number. Yeah, I, look, y'all know I try to bring it with the questions. And I, that one I came up with about an hour. It's a good ago. one. I'm a homer. I said, though, so. hmm. I said, does he? Because I, I know a lot of guys do think he is that first round talent and he can be. Uh, but I think we need he more. He can be. I think he's also going to be – he's going to really benefit from the workouts. He really is. I think he – yeah. I just think he has a lot of development to go. Like, he sure. developed so much in the last month of the season yep. um, that he just had. And I think there's a lot of – I think another year at Carolina would be beneficial. But. That's yeah, what I'm rooting for. Next yeah. year's draft is not very deep, at least yet, we don't think. Very top-heavy. Mm. And I think it's extremely top-heavy, and I think he'd be a benefit of, like, a seventh pick next year legitimately like he's it, it, he has a great year at carolina the way the draft looks next year so far i think he's crazy he, i'd be crazy to think he wouldn't be a lottery pick um all right on the theme of semi-small guards uh kennedy chandler uh often compared to ty ty washington in terms of this tier of point guard in the draft sure yeah. um i'll give him the benefit of the doubt because the this is definitely not a point guard uh, heavy draft in my opinion. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt of, you know, impressing some teams. So I'll go high on him. Uh, he's another one that he's kind of like um, Keegan for me. Like he's, he, he's, I'm not sure exactly where I land. I, I think he's around 15 to 20, to be honest with you, but I wouldn't go any higher than that. Yeah. You're that would actually can te- technically be higher than most uh, at least from, and I look at probably 15, 19. That's what I would say. Yeah, that's not look, and that's still higher. I think most people have him in the twenty to twenty-five range, which is why mm-hmm. I'm glad you really thought that through. Because like that would be for me, that would be considered high. Even if people listen to this and think we didn't sound very convinced, he might be the second best point guard in this, in this class. Exactly, he might go. Class, yeah. He might go at twenty-five, which is just stupid to say that. That helps uh, Caleb Love too. Getting back to him like that could help his point guards. You yeah, know, it's a good yeah. point. Yeah, it does. Point. All right, Josh, rip off the bandaid on the last one. This is the one I'm intrigued about. <laughs> Usman Dien. <sighs> the person might not know, he plays in uh, Australia for some of the people that might not know that. He plays in New Zealand. New Zealand. Oh, sorry. <laughs> See, I even got it wrong. Isn't that great? Yeah. So uh, I'm going to just be extremely upfront and honest. Yeah. I don't know enough about him to, to, say, uh, to say hi. So uh, I'll, go, I'll go right in the middle again or low. But uh, he's not somebody that I've seen much. But I'm kind of curious to hear what you guys have to say about him. 
Um, so Josh, I'm glad we did this guy because I actually did a small deep dive yesterday. <laughs> so um, I'll at least give my upfront what I what I saw. Um, boy, is his body like we talk about Chet's body not being ready for the NBA? Possibly, <laughs> this guy might be the most un NBA ready body. Now I caveat that by saying he played in France when he was 17 to now playing in the NBL, which is probably the second or third most. Um, physically demanding league in all of basketball in the world, and it sounds crazy to think, um, but he averaged the same amount of stats as Theo Maladon did, and Theo Maladon's frame and body is also very small for his size and guard position. So I think Jang can be good. I think it's going to be a perfect project team. Like if the Thunder, who have two first-round picks, they take their top guy in the top three or four, they could take him at 29 and probably be very happy with that and take the next four years to develop him. That's my thoughts. And I know I, I will say one thing. I do love point forwards. So I'm always a fan of a point forward, and I think that's what he is. So, I mean, I, I'm on board for that at least. He's a six foot 10 point forward. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm big. I'm big in anything. Anybody who can do that. So, uh, that's that'll help a little bit. But, uh, you like, he is very skinny. I do remember a picture of him now that I'm thinking about it. But, yeah. I'm, I'm very high on him, especially because I don't get lost in the stats the way that you might, Trevor, because it's just with leagues like the NBL, it's guys that like, Young guys don't get played in these leagues. They sit on the end of the bench. It's the veterans that play. So any stats that they're logging at all is good. I think RJ Hampton came out of that league averaging five minutes and two points per game. It was just like guys aren't logging time. LaMelo Ball is the only one who averaged 19 points per game in that league, and that was a a sign for everyone. Well, by the way, RJ said the same RJ Hampton who I had him at like seven in that draft. (laughs) So – Oops, you miss sometimes. Uh, yeah, I wanted to sell this like a Hampton a little bit after a couple people, like just because he we had a later pick. But yeah, that, that's definitely a miss on all of us. I had him. I had him at seven. That's really bad. Uh, <laughs> I had him in the twenties. <laughs> there you go. All right, I do want to ask this because I'm curious. You were high on a lot of these guys. Is there anybody you're super low on that the consensus might be high on? Um, yeah, I, uh, not super high on Hardy, but I want to see him a little bit more. And I do like his scoring ability. If I had to pick one guy that if I had to like, say one guy that a lot of people are high on and I'm not, it's, it's probably Darren. Um, I, oh. I think he's definitely, yeah, I, I, the body for his age, and I think should be in high school right now, technically, uh, is insane. I just, uh, I, I don't want to compare him to Wiseman and I know why it's early for Wiseman, but, um, big guys, I, I know can be very hit or miss on that top. I just wouldn't spend a top five pick one. That's it. In the six to 10 range, I'd consider it, but I, the people that have him in the top five, uh, I just don't agree with it. And I'm not a sign because of that. You care to guess where Josh and I have him? Top five. You have him at five. Five? And Josh had him at six. Okay. <laughs> it may have changed. Have him at six? Yeah, at least right now. I don't have AJ Griffin at five anymore. So Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Well, so it's changing. I will say the NBA is changing to where, like, we were going against the big guy, the the, the, the center, you know, yeah. they weren't as valued. And that's that's definitely changing. So I still kind of had that mindset of where it used to be, and I'm slowly getting in the other mindset. So the NBA is changing, so that will help him a little bit. But I'm still kind of at that, like a couple of years ago to where drafting a big guy so high and then having him be a bust is just so common. My issue with him, uh, before we move on to the Celtics, is his floor is so low, but his ceiling is so high. There's just mm-hmm. way too big of a gap for me, and that's where I get nervous. If his floor, and I put his floor at a Mecca Okafor, and I'm probably going to change that because I think it could actually be lower than that. That's not a knock on a Mecca. I'm pretty sure he won Rookie of the Year against Dwight Howard. Um, and then, not against. 
not against the, the year after. See, I get those messed up. Regardless, oh, it was against Dwight Howard. That's right. Watch. But and then the reason I remember that is because my ceiling for him is Dwight Howard. <laughs> so there's this really big gap between two guys that were very big in the same draft. Wow, shocking, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, that was kind of a lazy floor for me, and I, I do need to be adjusting that probably. All right. Um, it wouldn't be a Tyler James pie with us if it wasn't at least a couple minutes on the Celtics. So before yeah. anything about the Nets series, uh, they will probably Josh. Did we look it up? Was it in? Like, we just know it's in the fifties. We don't know the exact number, or is that? Or is it Celtics pick? It's like fifty six or something. Fifty four, fifty six. Yeah, at the end. What should they do? And if it's not, I guess if it's not draft at fifty four, what should they do? And then realistically, <laughs> of course, and then. Just who's somebody that far down the board that would actually be a really smart pick there? Sure, yeah. I mean, it's so late. It's so unpredictable. But, I mean, I got a guy that I'm just going to connect everything with. Um, first off, I, I was kind of upset they traded the first-round pick, even though it's only 25. I was more upset they traded it last year in the Kemba Walker trade because I like I like when they draft. You know, they, they miss a lot, but they hit sometimes. So, um, I am going just to connect my Carolina. I knew it. I guess. I yes. I knew it. I'm so <laughs> I mean, There's a couple reasons. A couple I know, dumb reasons. I know what you're going to say, Josh. Yeah, I'm I don't so even bad. have to say it. Do it. Uh, there's a couple dumb reasons. There's a couple kind of okay reason so brady manic um, that's how i'm going um i'm I not even it. sure the dude's gonna get drafted um, wow yeah I knew uh, it. i'm so bad at myself <laughs> stupid question. uh so it, the, the funny thing is when you asked me this question earlier before we got on i didn't have an answer until right before we recorded and i was like oh light bulb okay that's that's it so my thing is he looks like larry bird um bird. So, so the celtics fans love, fans love that they wanted Adam Morris in that year, you know. Thank God that didn't happen. <laughs> anybody, anybody, anybody that, yeah, anybody that looks like Larry Bird, they're gonna go with, and they're gonna have a hard on for us. So uh, that's the dumb reason. The good reason is we could always use more shooting. Um, and why not have a shooter at that position, you know, the four or wherever he ends up playing. And um, I think my biggest worry going in this, going this, the playoffs was, do we have enough shooting? We have Tatum, so we're good and everybody else is playing well. But um, the real reason or the good reason is um, we can use more shooting. And uh, he's obviously, that's his number one skill by far. I, Josh, admittingly have not done a deep dive because obviously he's very far down. The, I'm going to stick to the lottery guys and the 30 guys for now. Right. And in fairness, that's where the Celtics were. So, However... <laughs> I did see a tweet that kind of made me re- it made me think, and I don't remember who it was. Shout out to whoever it was, but it it was like, hey, how many six nine guys that can rebound decently well and shoot this well do you get come around the end of the second? Not too many. Rebound decently. That's, that's well, that's rebounding that can improve, regardless <laughs> shooting and then everything else that he does. He can shoot. Well. Can but shoot. my point is, how many guys at Great that six nine? How many guys at that six nine height can shoot that well? who had that big of a run and showed that they can do it against really good defensive teams that y'all played. And it made me really think, like, I don't think he's undrafted. I think he actually might get drafted in that 50 range. I really do. And I'm starting to talk myself into him in that late part of the second. But I don't know. I'm still (laughs) – there's a lot of guys. I mean, there's 100 and something that ended up getting looked at and, you know. He could end up and it, the, the biggest thing is going to be where's the difference between where he played in college, like with that gap between the college and the NBA skill set. Like, can he make that that leap, or is he just a really good college player because he wasn't playing the most? I mean, he was playing athletic people, but not like the most athletic people in the world, you know, every night as you will in the NBA. So uh, that'll be the question for sure. But I had to pick him just because of that range for sure. Yeah, where the Celtics were at, and it was just an easy pick. It was a layup. All right. <laughs> 
30 seconds on anything about this series because they're obviously up 2-0 on the nets as we're recording this. And then go ahead and put your shameless plug together at the end as well. I mean, so I, 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 yeah, I won't even plug much. Like, I, I, I just – this is – it's one – you know, when teams win a cha- – I'm getting – I don't even want to say too much. But you know when teams win a championship, a lot of times everything has to go right and things just feel like they're going right for that season. That's what it feels like so far in only two games. I know it's only two games, but the Nets are pretty damn good. I've never seen Kevin Durant defended like he's being defended right now. I've never seen him have two bad games in a row like he's had in a row. Um, uh, and I just think there you can't – you don't have off nights with defense, and they uh, – very often. So the, the way they play, it just seems like they're the real deal this year, and it seems like everything's going right so far. It's a long playoffs, don't get me wrong. And when they play real teams that aren't in shambles because of Kyrie – that may that may make a difference. That may make a difference, you know. And I can't, I'm not even gonna get started on Kyrie because I only have 30 seconds. But I just feel like everything's going right right now, and it could be one of those years to where they're gonna at least be in the finals. I think. So we'll see. I'll say this: you are locking down literally probably one of the best scorers in NBA history, and Kevin Durant. I think he's top three scorer all time. And you don't even have Robert Williams. That's the part that's exactly. And I just yeah, I'm he looked Josh, terrible last night. He for for what it's worth, if you don't listen to our show, Josh um, picked the Celtics going into the playoffs to make the finals. Thank so. you. Yeah, I picked them to win the East. I wasn't happy about it, but I picked them to win the East. <laughs> it's it's going to be – I think Philly's underrated. I think the Bucks are good too, but um, I think it's the East is going to be whoever be comes out. Yeah, I think whoever comes out of the East is going to win. I think the East is stronger, obviously. All right, man. The East Anything is strong. Else? Anything else before we get out of here? No, no, not at all. I appreciate you having me on, and I'm uh, hopefully maybe in the future once the playoffs are done and we the lottery happens, we get some really we know the set order. Uh, we can come back and talk some uh, some even more deep diver draft talk. All right, uh, I believe it's at Tyler James NBA Celtic Social. Uh, anywhere else I'm forgetting? Uh, that's that's the main ones. That's the main ones. Well, this has been fun uh, episode of Draft Chat. I'm Trevor. I'm Josh. And we'll see you soon.